Welcome to the KBB From the Tab podcast. I'm executive editor, Chelsea Butler. This week, I am talking to Nara Bustamante, president and principal of Nara Design Group in Sacramento, California, about maintaining your brand during turbulent times. Be sure to subscribe to KBB's YouTube channel and click the like button on our videos. You can also subscribe to KBB's From the Tap podcast on such apps as Apple, Spotify, Pandora, and Google Podcasts, and please feel free to leave a review. Welcome, Nar, and thank you for joining me. Hey, thank you, Chelsea. Thank you for having me here. Good to see you. I need to mention, too, that you are one of KBB's editorial advisory board members, have been for several years, too. Thank you very much. Oh, you're welcome. It's, it's been a pleasure. So why don't we get started with you telling us a little bit about yourself and your firm to, you know, just sort of start off the discussion. Oh, sure. Um, so I'm uh, founded NAR Design Group. It's a uh, interior architectural design. Uh, we basically design everything that sells with the home. Uh, we don't deal with furnishings or anything like that. Um, so we're dealing with all the hard interiors um, of homes. And so have a really nice design team here in Sacramento, a beautiful building that uh, houses our, our efforts. And um, we've been doing this, I've been doing it for about 35 years, but not quite like I'm doing it now. It's been about 15 years since um, I've been strictly uh, focused on design, uh, architectural design. So I'm guessing things are pretty busy at the moment. You know, it's always really busy here one way or another. Um, uh, sometimes we're busy just chasing our own tails, it seems. And, but really, um, we have a, a very incredible uh, clientele uh, with, that has a steady flow, even, even now, but it's changing up a little bit, uh, given the pandemic and the quick turn to the housing market, uh, the stock market. And so those are all things that I believe we're going to talk about a little bit today, which is, you know, we have spent years and years developing uh, a brand at this point people recognize us for our quality our work the delivery of our products and the beauty of our outcomes and um that's something to not lose sight of during these kind of uh very flowy times that we're experiencing yeah absolutely so yeah let's talk about you know maybe some of the challenges that your firm has undergone during the last few years yeah. Um, well, like everybody else in, in, in this uh, industry, when uh, before COVID hit, um, our challenge at that time was we have a lot of work and a lot to get through and the demand was really high. And so um, it allowed us to um, pre-COVID to just really ramp up. And then COVID happened. And I actually thought at that moment that the world was flat and that everything was going to fall off the edge. And um, because I just thought there's no way you can shut down the world and things not, you know, not to crumble like that. Um, so to my surprise, much like I'm sure everyone else's, things spun the other direction where uh, we went from busy to busier and from medium-sized projects to and to really large projects. And so it was almost like a uh, having to calibrate 
the opposite direction that I very quickly started calibrating towards, okay, let's size down and let's focus on, you know, what's going to happen next. And instead what happened next is more work piled on. And, and so uh, that was a really interesting um, time during the COVID call it the last three years. And then recently we obviously had um, so many things happening from uh, product interruption, product delays, and the massive uh, increase in pricing across the board with materials and subcontractors that, and then, and then the uh, stock market, uh, and then a real adjustment uh, has began. So, so now we're actually doing what I thought we were going to do three years ago when the pandemic started. And, but it's actually not going the direction even now that I thought it was going to go. It's, we're still getting quite a bit of work. So I'm, I'm confused. But in that confusion, one thing I'm certain of is we still have to represent who we are properly through all the transitions that we're experiencing. I did read somewhere recently that demand has gone down a little bit, which, you know, when you hear that, it's like, oh my gosh, what's happening out there? But then that gives, you know, brands a little bit of a chance to get their product back in stock and, you know, things back on schedule and things like that. So maybe, maybe that's a good thing. I'm not sure. You know, everyone's experiencing things a little bit differently as always. And um, what I find is in the, I'm, I'm mostly in the luxury market. And so that type of clientele still is out there uh, building and spending, maybe not quite the way they were when money was flowing and the stock market was uh, quite a bit better. And so, but they still, people with means will always have means and will always look for channels to uh, you know, live their lives. Um, what's hard is not being able to deliver based on product availability. So there's some companies, I won't mention names, that won't even take your orders and until next year. And so it, it creates for, well, how do you do business the way you want to do business without watering down your brand? Like the world is almost pushing me to, well, just go buy what's on the shelf because that's what's available. And that's just not how I, I do business. That's not how I design. Uh, so um, those are the new challenges I'm having to face is how to produce when things are not as available. Yeah, that was going to be one of my questions because um, I think we talked about this before we got on here. Um, just talking about clients maybe pulling the plug on their projects because of possible cash flow issues, obviously the material interruptions and things like that. Um, so has that been happening to you with some of your projects? And if, if so, how are you dealing with that? It has. Um, so we're involved at any given time. At any given time, we have about uh, 30, 30 plus projects on the table. And some of those are brand new builds, new homes that, you know, are five, ten million dollars and up. And um, those tend to continue. Um, and what I've seen drop off is say your average kitchen remodel or kitchen bathroom or just the downstairs remodel per se. So those smaller projects have gotten priced out because what we're seeing is if your house is um, 
with, you know, say a million dollars, a kitchen project with a, you know, kitchen bathroom, it's coming in at 500,000. It's like half the value of the home. People are not prepared for that. And so um, we're in California. So the pricing of everything has just gone through the roof with subcontractors and materials to the point where it's unsustainable. And so I would say a lot of the average kitchen remodels, bathroom remodels, those are the ones I'm seeing drop off. And there's nothing to do to capture them because there's just not a contractor out there that's going to give it away. And subcontractors are not going to bring the price down because they're still getting, it's, it's mellowing out, but they're still working themselves out of work. So they haven't quite seen it yet. So they're still not doing the adjustment pricing wise to understand that in a few months, they're just not going to have any work. So do you have, you know, do any of your clients, even the, you know, the ones that have the bigger budgets and all that kind of stuff, um, do you have clients who are, are still trying to bring project costs down any way they can? Uh, I'm seeing quite a bit more value engineering happen, um, even on the, on the bigger projects. So where before it was like, do whatever you want, uh, have fun. It's now like, well, let's, let's keep the focus on the main spaces and anything secondary, laundry rooms, bathrooms, you know, maybe not the $30 foot flooring, maybe the $15 foot flooring. Uh, so we are seeing a cumulative, you know, tone down. So, but what's important for me is that as things tone down, to not tone down our brand, to not tone down our work, to not tone down what we represent. I don't want to come out of these projects looking like um, like they designed it themselves or they just got everything off the shelf. So it's still important to do all that, but maintain a high level of design value. So how do you do that? Like if you do have to go with a, with a lower priced, you know, per square foot flooring or things like that. I mean, do you, do you pick, you know, the less expensive options from the brands that you use all the time? Like how, how do you go about that? Yeah. So it's really hard showing somebody, um, you know, all the, all the bells and whistles and all the really nice uh, materials, if you know, they're likely going to get toned down. So what I'm starting to do is actually start my presentations and my material presentations at a much more moderate level. I want to, I'd rather the client build it up and say, nope, let's keep going. Let's build up. Um, and that's usually where I would start, but now I'm, 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 I'm being very cautious to uh, keep things at a very approachable uh, level and something that even a, uh, you know, $2 million home, $3 million home could sustain. So going back to, you know, the supply chain lead time issues, things like that, what are your like specific solutions to those problems? Like, have you been visiting with other brands? Do you kind of just make alternate selections within a brand family? What, what do you do to kind of bypass some of those? Yeah, so I've spent the last six months or so actually making a lot of phone calls to, to, the, to the factories. And um, I need to understand directly from them, not you know the person that's taking our orders, like what, what is really the problem? And what, it, what should be my realistic expectation 
because um, I've dealt with some companies that um, I think they use the pandemic or the material shortfall to to buy themselves time if they need it, if they're really busy. And I understand maybe there's some employee issues where they can't staff the factory as well as before, but I need to understand that. So what I'm trying to do now, uh, before I get into, and it's not any specific project, but I'm just making the phone calls knowing that I have a variety of projects and they're all gonna be asking me the same questions. And so, I, I don't want to get into design with something that they can't even order or can't get for a year. But sometimes a year is okay because some of these build-outs take 18 months. But, but from the time we get involved to the time we need the product, 18 months may be okay or 12 months may be okay. So I recommend everyone to really get in touch with the fabricators with who they're ordering product from and not just take the the uh, advice from the salespeople because they themselves don't actually know. And I don't think a lot of them are informing themselves with the facts. And so I'm digging a little bit deeper. I happen to be pretty well connected with a lot of factories. So um, I managed to get through some bigger phone calls to the people at the top that really can tell me with a straight face, here's what's really going on NAR. And here's how I would plan your projects forward. That's great that you're able to develop those kinds of relationships. Where do you find the time to do that extra legwork? Um, there's not a whole lot of time. I kind of make, I have a, a list. Um, I actually have it right here. Just, I don't know if you could see it, but it's kind of an ongoing, who do I need to call? And you're on the list. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're on the list. Great. So it says, uh, call Chelsea, invite her to lunch, go to Atlanta. So, um, uh, so I, I feel like it's just a part of, of what, um, my brand represents. It's, it's about, uh, when you're in the luxury market, somebody has to take the time and ultimately it's me, um, as the brand ambassador of my own brand and of the company that I represent and the clients I represent. So I, um, as you know, oftentimes don't have time to even return emails or this or that, but I am trying to do all the diligence to um, meet the requirement and the expectation that people want of me. That's why they hire me. And so I want to come back to them with something sound in a conversation so they really feel like I've done the work and I'm going to treat their project, even in these turbulent times, um, with as much diligence that they deserve. So in the same vein of trying to maintain your brand during these times, um, what do you do if you come across a client or a project that you know is is not going to be a success for you? Like you, you kind of need to, to move on. Yeah, that's come up a lot actually in the last um, about six months where I just have to be brutally honest with people and say, what is your expectation. I ask people what their expectation is of me, um, of their budget. And when I know it's not going to align, if somebody says, you know, we have $400,000 and they're trying to do a $1 million project, um, or it used to be $400,000 only a couple of years ago, but now it really is 800. Everything has doubled. And so I myself look at the numbers and just 
I can't believe it. I, I can't even believe my own numbers. I look at my sheets and just go, this is not right. I, it doesn't make sense. And so, um, but it's reality. It's what, um, how the numbers game gets played out. So I just tell people, here's what you're signing on for. And if you're ready, here we go. But if you're not, um, I would take a, a kind of good hard look at uh, pausing. Yeah, that makes sense. So pivoting over to, you know, during during these times, are you um, experiencing a loss of any key employees? Amazingly, I'm I'm not experiencing a loss of key employees, but what um, I am experiencing is that there's quite a bit more demand um, of circumstances. Um, you know, through COVID, I've had to give a lot of people a lot more time off. Um, and whether they're sick or someone that they, their parents or their kids are sick. So it, it, it's, been, it's been a very patience trying game here to still operate at the level that I'm used to um, and giving people a whole lot more time off. And sometimes it's just psychological. We get burnt out, you know, and, and I've gotten burnt out just from wearing a, a mask all day and, and, and not seeing people's smiles. It, you know, you go home and like, why am I doing this? So, so I retained all my employees. They're all, I think, very happy to be working here with us. And, um, but I've made a lot of concessions and given people intentional happy days off, you know, go, go have a three day weekend on me. Don't, you know, uh, and, and there's a lot more that I think needs to happen to show people your gratitude for their perseverance through these difficult times. Yeah. I think one of the key words with employees is flexibility, different situations going on, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have lost what I have lost is in the field um, with subcontractors, a lot of my subs are still there, but their employees are not. So at the construction level, I'm seeing havoc. Like uh, my, the, sub, the contractors I work with and the subcontractors I work with, they're experiencing a lot of turbulence because they're in a position where it's construction and people get paid more over there or less over here, you know, and, and I see a huge shift which ultimately affects the end result for my projects. Um, I am very quick to spot somebody that's just not skilled enough to do the caliber of work that we're doing. What about your advertising marketing budgets? Have they dropped at all during this time? Um, well, for me, that's actually um, uh, really, a, I don't market. And um, I know that sounds odd, but um, we, we, we have more most of the time than we can already handle. And I've marketed a lot in the past. And so um, I have a lot of good fortune that I have a very steady um, group of builders who use us for their design and architects and a lot of homeowners hear about us. So um, my marketing in essence hasn't changed, but what has changed is my approach to all the people I already work with because I understand they're going through sensitive times, employee turnover, the market shaking, you know, whatever their position is has changed. So I'm having to be really sensitive um, to whatever 
they're going through. And I'm kind of remarketing what we can do to, for them um, to ease a little bit of whatever pain they might be feeling. So we've talked about, you know, um, doing the extra leg work to find out more about the supply chain woes, um, how you choose your products, how you treat your employees, those, all those things play into maintaining your elevated brand. What are some other tips you have for other, other luxury brands, um, you know, to, to maintain theirs right now? Yeah, I would say right now, it's really important to maintain the humanity level to it all, the the, the people connection. So one thing I, I've um, been doing is taking the time to just invite every single person I know, uh, whether it's a vendor or um, uh, somebody I work with or people in the industry or even clients, um, take them out to lunch, make, make just that connection of human to human. Um, don't talk about business all that much because we can all kind of come up with similar stories of what the pandemic has done to us, but really make myself available as a person of understanding and um, friendship, but also kind of a strong, uh, I come from a strong place of I'm here, hell or high water, right? So I want people to know that um, I'm still doing what I do, that I'm here for them if they need any help. And um of more of a social thing i think it's really important for people right now to feel um like you're grateful for them and, and you care and you took the time to to uh meet with them so my last question is just what what do you see as the light at the end of the tunnel in all this well it's like the roaring 20s um the light at the end of the tunnel is that um we are not is in the, mostly in design, but I'm sure every industry, humanity, we're not meant to just sit around and, and, and go through bad times and stay there. We're known to say, okay, how are we going to come out of this and how are we going to be stronger? So um, always look forward, always look at the positive side. Um, I actually think we're going to come out of this again with a new wave. And I don't think this is going to last long. And even if it does, we're going to come out of it where, you know, um, we're going to be looking back and saying, how, how did we get so busy again? And how did, where did all this new money come from? Or why are all these orders coming in? And how, how is it that suddenly all the factories are keeping up? So that's going to happen. Everyone's revving up in worst case scenario. And then when things get better, it's going to be a flood. And that's what happens literally in California. We have fires and then we have floods and um, we've been through this in 08. We've been through this uh, before. So um, it, there's always a new innovation and in, also in the, uh, especially in the tech world that just pumps the economy. Um, so that's, that's not going to stop. So be ready, um, have faith, don't lose your brand. Uh, don't go get a job selling tires. That's, <laughs> you know, uh, not the thing to do. This is the time to um, focus on yourself and, and do self-care. Make sure you're the best of a person that you are for your clients. Um, so when they show up, they're seeing the best designer that, in front of them um, that they could. Awesome. 
Well, thank you so much for all your tips today. And uh, we are looking forward to seeing you and your team at KVIZ next year, early all next right. year. Early next year. Well, yeah. I've, I've uh, already got my place to stay, so I'm ready to go. All right. I'll see you there. <laughs>